Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist for the Lexington Leader and Kentucky.com. And on today's podcast, we're going to preview Kentucky men's basketball opener, which is scheduled for Wednesday against Moorhead State. It's a 6 o'clock start on the SEC Network. My guests are Matt Schabert, who is the SID at Moorhead and also the contact for men's basketball. Uh, Matt gave us a scouting report on the Eagles heading into to the game on Wednesday, and also uh, talk to Jerry Tipton, the Herald Leaders UK basketball beat writer, about what he's looking for on Wednesday when the Cats tip it off with the Eagles. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get first to my conversation with Matt Schabert of Moorhead State and then Jerry Tipton of the Lexington Herald Leader. Okay, my guest now on the podcast is Matt Schabert of Moorhead State, who's a Moorhead State SID and also in charge of men's basketball, the man to talk to about Moorhead State basketball as the Eagles get ready to play Kentucky on Wednesday night at Rupp Arena. How are you doing today, Matt? I'm doing great. I appreciate you having me on uh, your show, John. Well, I appreciate you coming on to give us a scouting report on the Eagles uh, coming into this 2020-21 season. First of all, let me ask you, I mean, it's very un- very unusual year for everybody involved. What's it, what's it been like there at Moorhead with COVID and the protocols and so forth and getting ready just try, to try to have a basketball season? I think like every other team, uh, you know, our, our team is – gone through a few bumps here and there and uh you know i think we probably had um for us um i guess it's maybe on the fortunate side uh if you want to look at it sort of that way we did have some guys back in the summer uh in late summer that that unfortunately um came down with it and, and the good thing was no one was uh had any serious cases but um so a lot of those guys um you know have already had it hopefully you know as they say may not get it again at least uh, during the season so uh, at least on our side uh, hopefully that you know the few guys that haven't have been staying safe and, and we'd be good to go but so yeah we had some some delays uh, but uh, hopefully it, it won't affect um, you know the season and the start of the season here what about the season for the Eagles? What what are the expectations coming into the season? Preston Spradlin, the coach, of course, who uh, Kentucky fans know, was on John Calipari's staff as a grad assistant and then was assistant director of basketball operations uh, before going to Moorhead. Uh, what what are the expectations for this Moorhead team this year? Well, I think they're pretty high. Um, you know, Preston has uh, he's he's just now. This is his fourth year, uh, fourth year officially, and after that interim season in sixteen seventeen. So I think they finally kind of got the roster. I believe, uh, and he'll tell you that where they want it. They got good athleticism, good talent, um, and they've got some good depth this year. That's one of the things that maybe in the past has been a little lacking, uh, but through some transfers and some other guys uh, that redshirted last year we've got good experience this year um if you look at our roster uh, 13 active guys uh right now um you know uh three guys on the roster that are that already have division one experience in some manner um and so and also uh, now there is only one senior on the roster and james baker and he's a kentucky guy too from mead county but um you've also got a guy who sat out um, last year, in, his, in the same class as James Baker, Davon Cooper, also a Kentucky guy from Louisville. Um, so, really, um, between you know Davon and uh, we've got a guy named KJ Hunt who came from McNeese State, and also a guy Jalen Sabri who was from Christian County here in Kentucky, went to Florida Atlantic and transferred in. 
So there's a lot of experience. It may not be experience on our roster per se, but there's a lot of college experience. And we've also got some junior college guys in the mix and a couple of um, freshmen that will, that will play too. So all in all, it looks to be a good, if we can stay healthy and everything, the depth seems to be good. I think the one thing that um, I've heard from Preston so far is that um, they will need to maybe find some offense, find their rhythm there, but defensively they've been really, uh, really good so far in practice, and they're working on some different defenses, and I think defense may be kind of the identity that they're going to go on this year. You, you mentioned that, uh, that he does have a couple of freshmen who got some playing time last year back. Uh, can you talk about those guys? Yeah, the one guy that maybe uh, um, probably will, definitely will start this year, uh, probably at the point guard position, is uh, Talon Cooper. A uh, little bit uh, unorthodox size and for, for a point guard, but he's, he's uh, on our level at least a 6'4 guy, good size, good shooter, good athlete from um, South Carolina. And Talon um, actually ranked second on our team, almost had, a, I think, 94 assists, so a good, good passer. Uh, last year as a freshman, played a lot of minutes. Um, so he's one to, to watch for this year. Um, also, uh, when you look at the um, the roster, a guy that didn't get a lot of chance last year, kind of fell out of the rotation a little bit, but worked really hard in the summer, um, is Julius Dixon. He's a uh, sophomore 6'7 guy from Fayetteville, Tennessee. Julius, uh, like I said, didn't see a lot of playing time kind of down the stretch last year, but apparently worked really hard and and uh, even might have a chance to get in that starting lineup. So he was a freshman last year. Um, and uh, that's uh, also now the one guy that um, I mentioned, uh, Tajon Claude, was a uh, freshman, had a lot of promise last year, uh, a big man from North Carolina. However, he has uh, – uh, had a little bit of a setback and looks like he's going to miss some time this year. So that's a little bit unfortunate. Um, and so for our, our big man that's going to have to step in, most likely is going to be L.J. Bryan, who um, played alongside Tajon not quite as much last year, but L.J. 6'9", 235, a guy from Maryland, and a, a, a transfer also went to Fork Union Academy, I believe in Virginia, and then a, a junior college transfer. So Still need a little bit of development there, but um, I think um, th- that's kind of who your freshmen were last year and some guys that have stepped up this year and looking for bigger roles. You, you talked about newcomers. Uh, I know another newcomer we saw on the roster was Johnny Broom, a 6'10 kid. What can you tell us about him? Uh, yep. Uh, actually, well, it's actually uh, Janai. Actually, Janai, is his, his okay. Name. It looks like Johnny. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> you're not the first one. I'm sure it'll happen all year, but um, yeah, Janai Broom, uh, 6'10", freshman from uh, Plant City, Florida. Um, so he's probably one of the taller uh, players that Moorhead State has had um, probably in five or six years, um, really developing well. Of course, you know, he is still a freshman, so um, he – but the size he brings and the work ethic from what I've seen just out on the floor so far, he's going to be – He's going to be good. He'll just need to kind of develop. Um, I mean, he's listed as 235, but when when you look at him, he still probably could even gain a little more weight as he moves along this year. So it just he will be good. It's just probably an adjustment time for him, as it all 
you know, college freshmen are. But I think there's some upside you'll see from him. And plus, with Tajon being out, um, Janai's probably going to get a little more chance to play than maybe he would if, if Tajon would be in there all year. Anybody else on the roster that Kentucky fans should look for uh, on Wednesday? Uh, probably the other guy who's uh, really, uh, as I mentioned him earlier, is, uh, is James Baker. And, mm-hmm. and they may be familiar with him, obviously, um, being a Kentucky guy. He, a little bit of a down year last year, but he's a, a real athletic guy, good shot blocker. Um, he's probably, I mean, this is his senior year, and he is the only senior. So I expect James to really be a leader this year and uh, and step up. And, and he had a really good sophomore year. Uh, so if he can get back to that level, um, I think you'll see uh, some good things from him. Um, not really sure who else. It, it's kind of hard to say on the mm-hmm. on the roster um, right now is, is who's going to be in the mix. But um, as uh, as I mentioned, um, there's another guy. Well, uh, let's see here. We look at. Uh, I think I probably mentioned everybody um, that might come into play. Um, uh, as I talked about the roster already. Right. And, and as you said, I mean, with the, it's been an unusual year. And when you've got a lot of newcomers, just like Kentucky's got a lot of newcomers, uh, it's going to be a few games before things play out, I'm sure, and for Coach Bradlin to figure out, you know, what his lineup's going to be. Uh, Matt, talk to me about the OVC. I mean, the OVC, especially the last few years, has been very competitive, a very good league. I mean, it's 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 tough to build a program in the OVC. is uh, To me, anyway, it's really gotten stronger in the last few years. Just talk a little bit about the overall strength of the OVC as far as men's basketball is concerned. Oh, yeah, the OVC has been uh, has really been on the rise lately. And, it's you know, it kind of the, – the public kind of sees it as the, you know, the superstar players that have, that have come out of the league and led their respective teams, the John Morants, Dylan Windlers. Uh, right now you've got Terry Taylor down at Austin P, who's uh, right. probably going to be, be right there in the, in the NBA uh, picks for next year. Uh, so the OVC in the past few years has really has really risen up. It is hard um, to compete uh, if you're kind of in the middle or, or in the bottom to really get a get a foot up and to kind of take on the the Murray States, Belmonts, uh, Austin Peas. Now um, to really show the strength of this league, John. Last year there was a it was a 15 member uh, all OVC postseason team. So what they do in the for the preseason team is they basically take everyone who is returning or slated to return and they're automatically on the preseason team. And then they fill in from there if they need to vote on uh, any slots that are left for other returners. The preseason team had, so 13 of those 15 on the uh, postseason team last year returned. So there was no one that they had to pick. All 13 on the preseason team are returning. So that just shows you, you know, the top players on each team, at least, and the strength of the OVC to have that many all OVC players returning. I'm not so sure. I haven't really looked it up, but that may be a, you know, I don't know if any other league in the country that can say that right now. Probably, <laughs> probably not. You're no. probably right. I doubt that that's true. No, that says a yeah, a lot to the overall strength of the league and how strong it's going to be this year. So. uh 
uh, yeah, that'll be interesting to see. And hopefully we will get the year in. Uh, I know it's got to be, I would think that Moorhead would be excited about playing in this uh, sort of kind of a bubble format that you got baby where you're playing just down the road. You got a chance to get these games in. I know John Calperi said this morning, we're recording this here early Monday evening, that as far as he knows, everybody's going to be able to play. You keep hearing about programs being put on pause and so forth. But hopefully we'll be able to get these games in this weekend. I think so. It's looking good, at least on our end, and I've heard from uh, some of the other teams. And once they, uh, if everybody's good to go when they when they get here, I think everything Kentucky's going to do has been extremely safe, and they're putting in a lot of effort. And you know, we want to obviously thank them. There's a lot of folks that behind the scenes down there that won't ever get seen that are making sure that this tournament can go on and give these kids the opportunity to to play. And I know. Everyone's excited uh, to play in, um, in in Rupp Arena again. We've actually had, um, I believe, so we've got five five Kentucky kids. Four of them, here's an interesting side note, actually do have, well, really all five if you count Davon Cooper, but four of those actually at some point in their high school career did play in the Sweet 16 really? wow. at Rupp Arena. So, you know, a different, little bit different atmosphere, but, you know, uh, those guys, all those Kentucky guys, obviously that's, the goal when you're in high school in Kentucky is to make that sweet 16 and four of our five um, did and had that opportunity. So uh, playing on a different level, obviously now, but uh, familiar with playing in Rupp arena and obviously excited to go back and get the year started playing, playing the big guys uh, in the, in the cats. Well, I know uh, we're, everybody's excited to get the season started. Hopefully we'll be able to, it'll be good. And, and, and I think, you know, you mentioned about behind the scenes at Kentucky. I think behind the scenes at all these schools and all these universities, what's being done to try to keep safe, keep things safe, as safe as they can be, and to have things like this tournament and college athletics in general. It's been, uh, it's been quite an undertaking. It, uh, it doesn't matter the size of the school or what the, uh, what the athletic competition is. It's taken a lot of work behind the scenes to get this ready. Uh, and Matt, we appreciate it. We appreciate you being on the podcast. Thank you very much, and good luck to the Eagles, not only in this tournament, but uh, the rest of the season. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Okay, my guest on the podcast is my colleague and friend and Herald Leader, Kentucky basketball beat writer, Jerry Tipton. How's it going, Jerry? Hi, John. Going well. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Are we actually going to get this thing started? We got Wednesday night, Moorhead State, Rupp Arena, 6 o'clock, part of this bubble where Kentucky plays three games in five days. We had John Calipari earlier this morning. Uh, as we record this on Monday night, uh, it looks like they're going to get this thing off the ground. My standard answer is, uh, I don't know. <laughs> and I'm not trying to be funny. I don't know that the ground is continues to shift under our feet. That's right. And, uh, it's going to continue doing that, I think. And I was talking to our boss, the sports editor, Matt Graff, a little earlier about teams testing positive. And uh, I think uh, Cal mentioned on his uh, Zoom teleconference that Ole Miss is starting a couple weeks later. Right. Uh, so, yes, I think, you T- know, Tennessee. Cal, like you say, you know, the virus is running us, not us running the virus. Right. Tennessee, and then after that, Tennessee announced shortly after Cal got done that they're uh, postponing that Rick Barnes, who's 66 years old, has contracted the virus. They're putting a yeah. stop on. I think they were supposed to have a multi-team event too, and that's now kaput. Uh, it seems like every time you log on to Twitter or log on to uh, 
you know, ESPN or SI.com or whatever somebody else has paused or, uh, or saying we're going to have to, we're going to have to wait a little bit before we get started. I think the last time I looked, which is a few days ago, it was like more than 30 teams. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know what it is now, but, uh, I'm bracing myself for that. You know, yeah. I, I don't think anything is a certainty, No, nothing. And yeah. so we'll just have to, you know, as Cal was talking about, uh, uh, traveling the day of the game just to reduce the risk. I took it and for a away game. Right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, well, you know, nothing is certain. I had a fan, he kept calling me wanting answers. And one, one of his, an- one of his questions was about Olivier Saar being eligible. And I kept telling him, I don't know. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't accept that answer. He didn't. And he wanted to know when the season was going to start. He was calling me three or four times a week. Yeah. And I kept, you know, I wish I had a different answer, but I don't. I don't know. Well, they come to you for answers thinking you'll know because you, you're the guy. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather be serious. Nobody's the guy. Right. I mean, I don't, the virus you know, is nobody, the guy. From the, from the head of the NCAA all the way down to yeah. John Calipari. Yeah. Nobody. Okay. Well, let me get your opinion on this. And Cal was asked about this today. What about the uh, announcement that the NCAA is going to try and play the whole thing in Indianapolis, or at least Indianapolis and the surrounding areas with the UK's own Mitch Barnhart as the head of the uh, committee. They made that announcement last week. I think Mike Krzyzewski is one guy who's kind of voiced, he's not sure that's going to work. What do you think? Well, I mean, you know, it's uh, whatever your answer is, there's the possibility that it won't work. And the NCAA's point of view was that sending teams all over the country, you know, right. they're trying to reduce the risk, it seems. that, right. that That's all. Yeah. And so, you know, Indianapolis is fairly centrally located, and they have facilities, and it's a basketball place, obviously. So, you know, I mean, you know, there's not going to be the perfect answer. I guess people want things to be the way they were, and it's just not going to, you know, it's not likely. I shouldn't say it's not going to be that way because I don't know again. Right. But uh, I thought it was funny on that uh, on, on the teleconference that the NCAA had. They were talking about the difficult job that Mitch Barnhart and his the, the selection committee has for picking, you know, the seating and bracketing because there's going to be fewer games. And uh, the schedules are not going to be uh, there's not going to be a lot of parity, if that's the right word, with the right. schedules. And they were saying one of them said, and I think it was Dan Gavitt, the vice president for basketball, that uh, analytics uh, are not going to be uh, as uh, valuable a really? tool in judging teams. And they uh, hold on to your hat here. They may have to judge teams by watching them. That that sounded fairly uh, outrageous to me. Yeah, absolutely. That'll never watch work. A team? Yeah, that's no good. Where's my numbers? That's right. Our friend Ken Pomeroy. We'll have to get. We'll have to. I'll see if I can do a podcast with Ken Pomeroy because this would be an unusual year for him. I don't know how he's going to be able to 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 figure it out, but. Uh, no, it's just going to be an unusual year all around. But okay, but let's go by the assumption that they are going to play on Wednesday. That we're going to get this thing off the ground, at least as far as Kentucky's concerned. Got basically an all new roster, a couple of holdovers, but that's it. And one of them, as Cal told us today, Keon Brooks, he's not going to play this first week. Uh, 
what what are you going to be looking for Wednesday? What do you what do you want to see? What what are the questions you have about this Kentucky basketball team? Well, you know, I, I think it's uh, to me it's it's more about just watching the freshmen. There's so many freshmen that they're dependent on. I'm trying to I would just be trying to get a sense of it, how good are they? You know, we know they're you know good. Right. It's just a question of how good are they? Anthony Davis kind of good. Or, uh, you know, Jamal Mashburn good? Or, you know, just what exactly? And, uh, you know, as you know, the uh, ratings are not perfect. They're, you know, a a snapshot in time. And uh, the competition's tougher. So we'll have to see. There's been enough examples of guys that were four or five stars that, you know, needed time. And so that's kind of what I'm looking for, just to try to get a sense. And more than just one game or three games. Right. Uh, trying to get a sense of uh, how good are these guys. Right. Now, you guys, they had Zoom calls. Of course, we're in the age of Zoom now. They had, Instead of having a media day, they had Zoom calls with the players uh, spread out over, what, three or four weeks, the last three or four weeks. I've uh, been doing this. I've been busy with football, so I haven't been in on any of those, but you have. What uh, Anything stick out to you about the Zoom calls with these guys, uh, any of the players or anything that they said, or was there a common theme among the guys? What, what stuck out to you, if anything? Well, it's funny because every time one of them was asked about, uh, you know, what they brought to the table, how they thought they could contribute, they pretty much all said, oh, yeah, I really like playing defense. Really? So I got, the, I got the idea that, you know, they, they, they kind of know what to say. Uh-huh. What, what are the right things to say that uh, John Calipari and his staff want to hear? Uh, but but I, I think uh, sort of like it's been fairly cons- been very consistent that uh, they all seem pretty agreeable right. <clears throat> and they all, uh, you know, they all seem like good guys. And, uh, you know, I got, uh, you know, talking to family and so on. It was interesting uh, uh, talking to Keon Brooks's father about how when he was a growing up he would put him in front of a mirror and ask him media questions just to give him just to give him practice and how to do that and and he's very good at it i think he's very candid and uh, thoughtful and i don't know if you read it but i did a thing about how uh maybe this is common knowledge it was new to me that in the fourth grade he was reading at a 12th grade level and uh I think that comes across. Mm-hmm. I, I think he really, uh, it'll be interesting to see the leadership thing. I always think the guy with the ball is, is uh, kind of the, that's part of the job description of the point guard to be a leader. And so uh, th- I'll be kind of wanting to answer your previous question. I'll be kind of looking at that also, Davion Vince and uh, Devin Askew, uh, just watching, you know, how they go about it, how they play. Right. So much has been made about Olivier Saar, including she alluded to earlier about whether he was going to be eligible. Now that we know that he's going to be eligible and he's going to play, I mean, uh, what what have you heard about Saar, about how good he is? It seemed like he came on at the end of last year. And how big a role is he going to be? Is he going to be the guy who makes or breaks this scene? Well, it'll be interesting to see. I don't know if I would go that far. Yeah about making and breaking. But I think obviously if he's uh, as good as people hope he can be, uh, he can make a real difference. The kind of a presence around the basket, I think, plus uh, being able to go out on the perimeter. Uh, I talked to uh, Dave Odom, a former Wake Forest coach, 
And I also talked to Jay Billis, whose son played at Wake Forest with Olivier Sar. And they both uh, spoke very highly uh, of him as a person and a player. And so, uh, you know, time will tell, obviously. But uh, I think he comes across really well, thoughtful, uh, uh, mature. Uh, I like bringing up, I'm, I'm something of a Francophile, I must admit. And uh, so the fact that he's from France appeals to me. And uh, I like bringing up French uh, references, and uh, which I did today on the teleconference. And, uh, and he, I don't know if you were listening then, but uh, I asked him, being from France, Bordeaux, if I remember right, uh, I asked him about, uh, do they have Thanksgiving in France? And he smiled and said, no, you know, it's a different culture. They don't. But if the food's good, he's all in. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good, uh, uh, that's a good, uh, that's a good uh, words to live by or whatever. Okay. So we'll have to give the readers, we'll have to give the readers a warning that we're going to see a lot of this as the season goes on. Is that what you're saying? You're going to slip in as many French references as you can. Yes. Okay. Look for those in the subheads. I've already used Parlez-vous Francais, and I've got three or four others in the in the bullpen warming up. Did you take French when you were in school? I did. I did in high school. Okay. And uh, I was some. I, I the Detroit Red Wings were the my hockey team, but my second team was the uh, Montreal Canadiens. Okay. And I was I was charmed by their PA announcements were in French as well as English. Wow. So. I thought that was cool. Okay, okay. It's, I took French also, and I was a disaster at it. So, but uh, that was in college. I was a total disaster. Okay, one more question before I let you go. Uh, were you surprised that ten- Tennessee was uh, was the pick to win the SEC? Was that the media pick or the coaches pick, or was it both? I'm not sure about the the coaches, but it was it was the media, media pick. pick. Were you surprised? And, uh, not really. Yeah. I mean, you know, they have a veteran team and they and they have a really uh, I really like their point guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scovi, is it? Santiago yeah. Vescovi. Yeah. And they have Ease Pons, the uh, defensive player of the year. And uh, Fulkerson, John Fulkerson's their big guy. And he's he's serviceable. Yeah. And uh, good so games it's against an Kentucky. Mix. What's that? Fulkerson's had good games against Kentucky. Yeah. So, I mean, I think they're a quality team. Mm-hmm. They're. You know, I think they're right there as a contender. And, uh, you know, if Kentucky wins it, uh, you know, they're right there also. Right. So, you know, either way, I think it's not an insult. Uh, (laughs) It makes me think of talking to Jim O'Brien, who was the editor of Street and Smith, if you remember that way back when. And I like to tell this story. One year, uh, they picked Kentucky second in their preseason top 25 nationally. So I called him. I thought, I'll get a note on that. I'll just ask him why. And so he went through, you know, they got good guards. I like their big guys, blah, blah, blah. And so, okay, fine. And then I said, well, you know, what kind of reaction have you gotten from Kentucky fans? And he said, oh, they're really mad. And I said, really? Why? And he said, how could I pick them so low, <laughs> number two in the country? <laughs> That's right. It's an outrage. <laughs> I know. Jeez. It's an outrage. Yeah, Tennessee's got experience back where Kentucky doesn't have any experience or very right. little experience. I mean, you know, I think they're a you know, a quality team. Yeah. They're ranked, I believe, in all the oh, yeah. various uh, preseason rankings. Yeah. So it's not an insult. No. Uh, you know, it makes right. sense, the right. experience, but, you know, Kentucky's right. really good, too. Right. 
So we'll get a, we'll start getting an idea of how good Kentucky is or can be, even though, as Cal said today, they had the worst scrimmage since he's been here as a coach. Uh, he said he was smiling when he at home. I can't. Why was he smiling? If it was such a bad scrimmage. But anyway, uh, we got Kentucky at Georgetown. Uh, hopefully, as we've recorded this uh, Wednesday night at six o'clock, uh, Jerry will be there. Forehead State. I'm sorry. What did I say? Yeah. You said, I thought you said Georgetown. I, I think I may have. I'll edit that out. <laughs> anyway, we got uh, Kentucky Kentucky, and, and Moorhead State, 6 o'clock on Wednesday. Jerry will be there. Jerry, they can follow you on Twitter at Jerry Tipton, correct? Correct. Okay, so be sure and do that. Be sure and follow all Jerry's coverage on uh, online on Kentucky.com and in the print edition of the Herald Leader. Thanks for being with us, Jerry. We appreciate it. Enjoyed it, John. Take care. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. I want to thank my guest, Matt Shabert of Moorhead State, for giving us a scouting report on the Eagles. And also want to thank Jerry Tipton, my colleague at the Herald Leader. You can follow Jerry on Twitter at Jerry Tipton. You can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. Send me a, if you want to drop me an email, it's jclay at herald-leader.com. Follow all our coverage on Kentucky.com of the UK basketball opener, Wednesday, 6 o'clock, SEC Network. Thanks to everybody who listens to these podcasts. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Tuned In, iHeart, and Google, our radio podcast and Google podcast. Leave us a rating and review. That really helps with uh, get the word out about the podcast. We appreciate everybody who's been listening to these. Uh, Subscribe to these if you can. And we appreciate that, of course, as well. We appreciate everybody who supports our work at the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be talking to you again soon.